0: Tommy, how are you, dude? Good, Matt. What's up, dude? I'm all right, man. You know, getting by. You look very high def. I feel like I'm this kind of indie, low-budget version. You've gone full Hollywood. The setup's amazing.
1: It's just, they happen to be, it's like a really dope 6K, uh... Black Magic camera, so I just use that instead of the fucking shitty Mac
0: one. <laughs> well, listen, mate, we have a mutual friend that I'd like to talk to you about first before we get into your new record, Mr. Dean Carr. Now, every time I'm out in Los Angeles, I pay Dean a visit at Castle Carr, I've done a few of his legendary birthday parties over the years because his birthday falls in March around the same time as mine. And I often go out from the UK to LA around that time of year. But how do you and Dean first meet? How do your your paths cross? And was the first time you worked together on the the music video shoot for your first solo album?
1: Um, God, how did I meet Dean? I think I was, oh, I think I was looking through a bunch of directors' reels. Right. And I really, Dean's like shit just really stood out. It didn't look like anybody else's. Um, So that's when I met Dean. I think that's pretty much, yeah, saw a bunch of his work and was like, that guy's shit is
0: cool. Yeah, he was kind of the dude that invented that dark hip hop, industrial, new metal, like, his aesthetic was all over that time period, wasn't it? Whether it was Manson or Deftones or Cypress Hill and, and the shoot that you guys did was bonkers. I mean, how, how big was the budget for that? And what was the concept there? Cause it kind of has almost like a Peter Pan theme going to it.
1: I know. I know he was, so, he was so to it. He really, he wanted to, you know, and, and I also wanted to make uh, images that, you know, Maybe the sense of flying, you know, and and he he just went he went crazy. Um and know I don't even know. <clears throat> he just he's a really creative dude and he you know he he goes the extra, you know, the extra mile when it comes to making shit fucking beautiful, you know.
0: Didn't he do the cover for uh, your book, Tommy Land as well? Didn't he shoot that?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: There's another link there as well. In the um, so you're going to be episode 180. 190. 180. 180. But episode episode one was with Steve O, and in that episode, which is going back about three and a half years now, I, I'm sure you know what's coming. He regaled me with the story of how, as a kid, he tracked you guys down in your hotel room. Blagged backstage passes to your show, met you as a kid, got the photo, did all of that, and then years later um, would get in some trouble with the law. And whilst he was kind of under house arrest, I guess, he went on your message board, hit you up, and then you kind of formed, you know, like a nice online rapport and correspondence. And then when Motley Crue got back together, you reached out to Steve O and said, Will you, you know, introduce us for the reunion shows? And he was talking to me about. Just what a beautiful full circle moment that was for him. Since then, of course, the Dirt movies come out and Jeff Tremaine, who obviously made all the Jackass TV shows and movies, made the Dirt as well. Um, Again, what a beautiful moment of synergy. And I wanted to ask you how Jeff became involved in the project uh, and how really kind of hands-on you and the rest of the guys in the band were when it came to you know the development and the recording and the making of that film
1: well yeah this it's fucking steve-o <laughs> i actually just saw him maybe two weeks ago he came by he's doing a podcast out of his fucking band
0: i've seen it it's called like wild ride or something right
1: yeah yeah it's, it's he, anyway he came by here he was doing my wife's podcast and then he came by here and I did his. And anyway, it was great to see him again. I fucking love him. Fucking maniac. <laughs> um, how did, uh, okay. Um,
0: yeah, I know. Right. What? A- I'm sure those things aren't rare, you know, cause it's a crazy industry in that way. But when the stars do a line like that, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I love it when, you know, life works out for the best for everybody in that way.
1: Yes, I know. It's wonderful, man. And you know, I I love, I fucking love when that happens. Um, It doesn't happen all the time. So it's precious. Jeff Tremaine, we, we met with several directors and like meeting Jeff was just like, I mean, he was like, you know, Nikki and I with directors and Jeff's like, look, there's nobody fucking else on this planet better than me to, than to direct this film. I'm a massive fan. I'm going to, t- I'm going to fucking make you guys so proud. Like, I'm going to bring everybody right the fuck back to that time period. Whether it's the phones or the cars or the clothes, I'm going to make you. I'm going to bring everybody right back to the fucking insanity that it was like. He goes because I was there. I get it. And and we we interviewed a few other directors and we're like, dude. Jeff's the guy, like he is gonna fucking he's gonna murder this. And we went with Jeff and he did everything he said he was gonna do.
0: Well it's interesting, isn't it? Because not only was he a fan of, of your band and he was there for that whole time period, but also he's no stranger to wrangling and working with a cast of all male out-of-control maniacs and so he has the perfect reference points in terms of what was going on you know he knows exactly what was going on at that time in your band because he had a very similar situation all those years doing jackass so he really was like the ultimate qualified guy for the job wasn't he
1: yeah and and, and here's the thing too imagine you know us because we were going like you know hold on this is our like this is our like life story this isn't like a fucking comedy like jackass. So we were, we were a little skeptical too, only in like we're like, how is he gonna how is he gonna do that? He's so great at what he does, but this isn't jackass. This is a fucking, a, a fucking huge fucking band that with a crazy fucking story. Um, how is he gonna pull this off? you know We're used to seeing acting and crazy shit from him um where are we how we? how is he gonna you know make stories uh, not make stories but create stories and drama and all the stuff that you do when you make a film um so we were a little concerned but uh at the end of the day he fucking he just nailed it
0: i was a big fan i've seen it i think three times since it came out and as you say it's not only personal to you but it's a massive story as well like the scope of the motley crew story is you know it's always going to be hard to condense that into a, a film which made sense and ticked all the right boxes and took you through all the the highs and the lows that you guys have been on over the years you'd obviously done the book before the film so you were no stranger to reading and hearing your story back but when it's a film it's a lot more emotive isn't it so i'd love to kind of get your first hand recollection of what you felt like, what you went through, the emotions and everything, seeing that film, the finished version for the first time. It must've been such a trip and such a beautiful one at like that.
1: So many things happened. I mean, there's like emotionally, you know, you're like, wow, you know, I mean, first of all, you're like, I can't believe there's a movie made about my life. Like this is, fuck- first of all, that's overwhelming and crazy enough, right? And then you start going into like you know everybody's life and how this all happened and you know these four got like the story of these four guys who fucking did this um you know putting up posters out of my van you know and you know playing like little 200 seat shitty clubs to doing stadiums like that there's a lot of feelings man watching it and And watching everybody's, you know, fun and watching everybody's also struggles. And man, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, how the fuck are these four guys still alive? You know, like I look, I I look at that and I do pinch myself often going like, how the fuck did we all somehow fucking squeak through and people are still alive? Like, we shouldn't be.
0: What was your favorite scene or favorite moment, the one that either hit you really in the heartstrings or just made you laugh out loud? Like, what was the one standout moment of the whole movie for you where you were like, oh, my God, or wow, that's sweet?
1: First of all, the fucking opening scene, I can't believe fucking Jeff just went ahead and just did that. The opening (laughs) scene with the squirter is just...
0: It's an iconic moment in movie history. It's a strong opener, isn't it? There's no messing around there. Because
1: that says so many things at once. First of all, it says nobody's scared here to to make that the first thing you see. And if this is the first thing you see, what the fuck's coming up?
0: What about on the the flip side to that, Tommy? Um, Were there any moments that were really hard for you to watch back? That you were like, oh man, I've got to cover my eyes, or you know, painful memories returning, like because it's all in there, and I think that was what that's what made the dirt such an amazing book is you know you didn't pull any punches, did you? You laid it all on the table.
1: Yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot of those moments, you know, from uh, from Nikki's overdose to Vince's uh, you know child dying. I mean, there's like there's a lot of shit in there, so and those are those are uh even more enhanced uh you know to picture you know and you're actually watching it uh you know being recreated and go down it's it just makes it even heavier as if it's not already fucking heavy already um yeah i mean that that movie really is a fucking roller coaster of super fun crazy dark sad terrible fucking amazing like you're just fucking all over the place
0: yeah much like your life my friend it's been an amazing ride isn't it and what i love is that for you you know for me you more than anybody else in the rock community you know are you 58 this year tommy
1: uh yeah october i'll be
0: crazy Not only do you look amazing for your age, but also your ear is and always has been so to the ground when it comes to emerging new talents, genres, you know, artistic movements. You've always been, I guess my first question before we get into your record is how do you stay not just excited about new music, but excited about life in this eternally youthful way that you've always seemed to have been what keeps you excited about being alive and being connected and engaged with the world around you what's your secret tommy lee
1: i don't know if there's a secret man it's just in my fucking dna i'm i i'm still very much you know childlike i get excited about the dumbest shit um you know i, I don't know like i'll see a fucking I'll see an ant, you know, ripping across the, the floor, carrying some stick that's way too big for him. And I'll just, it'll just make my day. You know, I don't know. I'm just, uh, just I guess, still young at heart. And, you know.
0: Is that because of the way you were raised, you think? Were you you were always brought up to be an enthusiastic kid? Because that's, that's something that you don't learn, is it? Or so it's not something that you can fake. It's in you. Like, it's, it's part of you. It's your DNA, as you say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a really nice, you know, uh, upbringing, but I, I, I don't know if that's something that you can be, you know, taught or whatever. You know, it's just one of those things. I just, uh, you know, I, I think you know, what, you know what it is too, is gratitude. Um, I think, you know, that's really important to me. Like not a day goes by where I don't feel like, fuck. There's luck, there's talent. There's timing. There's all these things that have happened uh, in my life that I am really grateful for. You know, like I think when people lose that, they start to lose a lot. Um, and so that keeps me that keeps me young. Is because I'm fucking really happy to fucking be here, man. <laughs> you know, like I'm I love and fuck I get to somehow I get to fucking this. This is what I do. I get to fucking make music and fucking. Have a blast. That's what I do. I mean, that's a lucky motherfucker right there. (laughs) You have to have talent, but I'm saying, for the most part, I mean, Jesus, dude. Uh, You have to be grateful for that stuff. Uh, This is what I get to do. Basically, just have fun.
0: Well, ego and success often get in the way of humility and gratitude and happiness, don't they? And when you can keep that beast at bay, I think that's when you can really learn to you know smell the roses and take in everything that you've got and humble yourself and that's an active pursuit isn't it you have to be actively going towards that it doesn't come naturally sometimes it's hard isn't it but it's something that you need to keep working on to
1: yes you definitely have to keep your eyes peeled for that stuff you know and and take those and and stop and and be grateful and realize and take in those things that that you're grateful for, you know, and recognize them. Otherwise they just, I don't know, they'll fly by. You know, we, we, we live our lives at a super fast fucking pace, man. It's a fucking blur, just, right? And I, I just think it's really important to fucking slow the fuck down for a second, several times a day and really take in what the fuck is happening and what's going on and notice the beauty and, and be grateful, man, be grateful.
0: I feel you, dude. What an interesting contradiction you are as well, because you are so, you know, you're engaged with that new school technology, modern way of life. But then you can also, as you say, step out of that lane, slow down and take things in as well. To be able to do both is a rare skill. And again, kind of that duplicitous nature of your character, not in a bad way, but I mean, in a you know, it's a very contradictory and interesting kind of thing going on with this record as well you've got two sides to it there's the male energy the female energy there's kind of every genre that's around right now going on and i mean that again as a compliment whether it's hardcore or screamo or EDM electro balls out rock and roll hip hop grime it's all going on um a lot of these people are fairly under the radar currently people like Kill Vane, Push Push, they were the first two tracks that you put out. How do you come across artists like that? Are you just scouring the web all the time trying to find out what's new and happening? Or are you recommended these people from peers within the music industry? Like, how do you come across these young stars that you, uh, you know, have filled your record with?
1: Yeah, you know, I... It it really does come from a lot of different places. Uh, Sometimes I find it, you know, and I just... You know, in my fucking daily stuff, you know, I'll be like, whoa, this person's fucking badass. I would love to do something with them, you know, and I'll make a note of it. And I've got like a a list of people that I've always wanted to work with or want to or, you know, have been inspired by. So that's kind of how it goes down for me. Um, And I fucking love, I'm an underdog guy, so I love also finding somebody who I think is extremely fucking talented. And I'm like, how does, how is this person or this voice or this, how is this not fucking huge? I don't get it. This person's fucking kills it. So I love that shit. And so I feel like in, in some sort of way I can fucking turn people on to something that they may have seen or may never see or hear
0: no. Well, that's the beautiful thing about your position, you know, is you've achieved so much success and your legacy is cemented. You know, you could do nothing ever again. And your position in the, the textbooks of music history is firmly in place and it ain't going anywhere. But what people, I think, often do once they get to your sort of status is they just take their foot off the gas And they go, you know what, I've made it, I'm good. I'm going to sit on top of the mountain and enjoy the view. Whereas then there's other people like yourself who are like, no, I want to bring people up with me. I want to bring through the next generation. And in the process of doing that, you know, you've introduced me to some artists that I would have never discovered before. Not all of them brand new as well, like Mickey Avalon. Fucking incredible. I just went back, listened to his debut self-titled album, that fucking song... (laughs) My Dick, Jane Fonda, like there's some tunes on there. He's like the X-rated Beck. That's how I'd kind of liken his sound. Uh, he's
1: like the X-rated Beck. He's fucking, he's fucking amazing. Again, like I just don't understand why Mickey's not fucking huge, fucking huge, right? So I'm, you know, again, he was on my list of doing something with, and I hit him up and was like, dude, I got this fucking banger, fucking track. Come on, let's let's do it. So I sent it to him and he's like, I'm fucking
0: on my way, bro. Caviar on a paper plate. Great song title as well. Great song title. Um, and Brooke Candy, man, I want to chat to you about her. She's probably, you know, the most, other than Lucas, probably the most well-known guest on the record. Um, a real punk rocker. Like you read about her life story from being a stripper in the seventh veil again, there's that synergy (laughs) working beautifully. She went on to work for Larry Flynn and she's got this incredibly cool resume of collaborators and an artist that she's hooked up with over the years. What's her story from, from your point of view, how do you guys get connected?
1: Um, How do we get connected? Oh my God. Well, I've, you know, like a lot of people that are on the record, I've been fans of obviously and. um, when did I meet?
0: It wasn't in the seventh veil, was it, Tommy?
1: No, actually, <laughs> you know what? Um, uh, my, my buddy Danny from Nine Inch Nails, uh, Danny, Danny Lona, yeah, he introduced me to her and, um, and was, was playing a, uh, a show at, uh, at Pride in L.A. with her. And he's like, dude, will you play drums? Like, you know, um, it'd be fucking killer. And so everybody came over here. We rehearsed. And so that's the first time I had met her as uh, as we did that show. But, yeah, she's fucking, she's amazing, man. Such a talented girl. Fuck.
0: She's a rock star as well. And people like her and Post Malone, for me, are the rock stars of today, I know some of the older rock fans don 't like hearing that because they 're like unless you 're Led zeppelin unless it 's guitar drums bass i 'm out, but the thing is, I guess at a certain point, maybe hip hop took over from rock as kind of like the the scary, the dangerous platform via which these you know game changing artists were coming out larger than life outspoken, colorful. Do you think there's still rock stars in rock and roll or do you think the new rock stars now are in more places like hip hop and and grime or, or even pop or or are there any at all You know it's
1: it's funny because um like you mentioned you know especially with with uh, with hip hop you know that's uh, there that whole kind of scene has been sort of you know emulating being a rock star just with, you know, fucking making it rain with money and bottles and fucking yachts and fuck, you know, doing all that shit. Yeah. Um, which I, I have to, say, it's just, it's a fucking bit overdone. Um, and you know, not everybody rolls like that. (laughs) Um, and so a lot of it's fake and that bums me out because, uh, you know, fuck. but they're all, everybody's, you know, you know, sort of emulating that, that thing. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but fuck.
0: (laughs) Are there any rock stars in 2020 is what I'm kind of asking, I guess. And if so, are they coming from the world of rock and roll or are they coming from outside and in the pop and the hip hop worlds? Well,
1: I mean, fucking, (sighs) You know, you look like you look at like uh, Billy Eilish and Post Malone, like those are someone you know, and I've known Post for a couple of years. I played drums on his beer bongs and Bentley's record. He's a fucking sweetheart. Um, But it's that some of that newer talent, um, you know, like like those that I mentioned um, are certainly doing a good job at like. uh, Just. Fucking great, fucking great music, great vibe, Um, you know. So I guess that's not really answering your question. Are there any rock stars today? There's a lot of people that want to be a rock star, but are there really any rock stars today? That's a fucking, that's a question, man. I don't, I'm not really sure... If I can't think of one right off the top of my head, probably not.
0: That's probably answering the question, right? I guess. Let's talk about Fred Durst. Now, there's a rock star, a video filmmaker as well. And I've been trying for years. Well, since it came out, it hasn't been out that long, but I keep trying to get hold of his film, The Fanatic, with John Travolta in. And he plays like, have you seen it? It's fucking wicked. I need to check it out because I love the kind of basketball comedy film he did with Ice Cube. Um, I like the first film he did with Jesse Eisenberg as well, the guy from Social Network. But all I keep hearing is like John Travolta in this film as well is off the chain as this guy. Um, you did both the videos for him, right? Yes. I guess it was all shot in one day because it looks like it's a, a similar set, stage setup. Uh, how long have you known Fred? Where does that relationship start? And what was it like getting down and working with him in that capacity for these tracks?
1: Uh, fuck, two thousand. I mean, I think I knew Fred be, uh, be slightly before two thousand. But in two thousand, we actually were like, you know, we were working together on fucking music and video with with uh, Get Naked with Methods of Mayhem. And that's when Fred and I became, prob- you know, really close because uh, obviously we were doing both of those. Uh, things together. And we've stayed friends for a long time. And um, fucking, he's, he's, uh, he's awesome. And when it came time to, um, to do some videos for, for Andrew, for my new record, um, Fred was the first fucking choice because Fred, I'm like, if there's a guy who's going to get it, like, it would be Fred because Fred loves the fucking heavy screamo shit, you know, the, the shit that makes you want to break shit. And he also loves fucking, he loves fucking dance music and hip hop and fucking, you know, like, uh, you know, that vibe. So he's going to get these first two tracks that I'm going to drop. He's going to get them better than anybody else. So it, it was like, a, uh, what do you call that? Just a fuck. He's the guy. There's no, I don't even want to talk to anybody else. Right. And, and, you know, him uh, directing and doing a bunch of stuff, you know, uh, lately, um, you know, that made it even more, you know, for for him to do it.
0: Now, do you do you know John Travolta, Tommy? I saw a picture on Instagram of you and your son and him a while back. And I was like, just kicking it with John Travolta. Are you guys friends? You hang out with him? Yeah. Yeah. He was
1: over here just. Uh, fuck when was it Saturday we had a him and his family were over here um he got a place literally we just got a house about f- four minutes from me
0: <laughs> what an icon like from Saturday Night Fever to Pulp Fiction all the other stuff but those two I mean they're kind of the most important films of their respective eras in many ways aren't they Saturday Night Fever so huge for the whole disco movement and then Pulp Fiction, just the best film of the nineties for me. And he's right there smack bang at the center of both of them. Is he a cool guy?
1: I'm sure anybody will tell you this, that knows him. He is probably the sweetest man I've ever met, but hands down, he's just the sweetest man. Like um, the guy, nothing but love flies around that guy. He's, he's wonderful man. And, um, and, uh, you know, proud to call him a friend um he is cool man he's a really good dude yeah you'd love him life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans
0: over the years. Uh, I wonder if you ever spent any time in the his heyday with Sam Kinison. Did you cut loose with Sam back in the day at all?
1: Dude, we used to get fucking bananas. <laughs> uh, God bless him, man. I miss that guy. Um, yeah, that was, and that was during a crazy time and Sam was just, Sam was like a motley crew of fucking comedy. He literally um, fucking ran it like till the wheels fall off and fourth gear just I mean he was just going at it and I mean like lifestyle wise partying and just being that guy and fuck man what had so many good times with that guy my face hurt I, every time I'd be hang out with him I'd be like dude much from laughing my fucking cheeks my jaw would be fucking so sore What a fucking maniac.
0: I can't get enough of his stand-up stuff that I watch. And it's interesting because, you know, we we live in such a different world now to, you know, even five years ago, let alone 35 years ago. And and you see the way he is on stage. A lot of that stuff, I guess, probably wouldn't fly now in this kind of woke, quote-unquote, politically correct world. But, like, when he hits that lane and he's really just revving... It's it's supernatural. It's like Richard Pryor, George Carlin. There's only a few people, I think, throughout the history of comedy and live stand up comedy in particular that just they're on a higher plane, aren't they?
1: Absolutely, man. He is was definitely on his own fucking program. <laughs>
0: How old were you when you did your first arena tour, Tommy? Uh,
1: fuck. First arena tour, we were opening for Ozzy Osbourne on Bark at the Moon. Fuck, I wanna say that was dude. I'm I'm terrible with fucking dates. Um <laughs>
0: uh let me have a quick look
1: here. Bark at the moon. I, I'm bark at the moon tour. I wanna to say eighty
0: four? Eighty-three. Ah, wow, not bad, a year off. So how old were you in nineteen eighty three? Uh I can't help you with this one. Fuck. <laughs>
1: Eighty-three, I would have been eighty, seventy. 20
0: 20 years old i think were you legally old enough to drink do you remember that
1: um when motley
0: first started playing i was fucking
1: 17 and for a couple of years it was really difficult uh to actually like to get get me in i remember the band lying about my age uh and i you know people are you know following you around making sure you're not in there drinking and shit but I was.
0: <laughs> of course you were. When you're thrown into that arena world because it's such a different world to club shows and, and each I think has its own magic. But when you're thrown into that arena world as a young man, like what's that like for those mere mortals like us that will never get to sit in that seat and see that view? Can you put it into words? Dude, I
1: will I will tell you the, the most endearing fucking amazing story. I'll try to make it I'll try to condense it a bit. Okay, uh, rewind. Uh, just so everybody gets
0: the point of this story, um, context is everything, my brother.
1: And, and what's that?
0: Context is everything.
1: Ah, cool. So, 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 check this out. Um, it's time Motley Crue gets field high school diploma. I got three months of high school left. Do I graduate or do I go? tour around the world and go fucking rock shit and balls out. I'm like, I'm out. And so, so just, this will, will eventually get to the arena. So, so still my parents going like, dude, are you serious? Fuck. You got three more months. What if this music thing doesn't work out? And I'm like, oh, it's going to fucking work out. You, you watch, it's going to work out. They're like, you got to have something to fall back on. What if it doesn't? I go, oh, it's going to work out. So forward to playing the LA forum it's sold out we're opening up for Ozzy Osbourne there's fucking 14 15,000 people and the fucking big blinder house lights come on where it lights up the whole crowd and i can see my mom and dad are standing at the soundboard and i see i see them looking around at off uh, fucking sold out. Everybody's going fucking crazy. And I, and I swear to God, this gives me goosebumps. There they are. just (laughs) Talking about this because I, I'll never forget that moment in a fucking arena. And my mom and dad look at each other after looking around, seeing that going like, fuck, I could, I, I don't know if they said that, but I could see them talking. And I swear to God, they, I, I, I think they said, fuck, he said he got it. Looks like he's got
0: it. I bet in that moment they were. But were your parents supportive and proud of your, your career as a rock star? Because some people, I guess, as you say, say, I'm going to be a rock star. And they go, sure, let's see how that works out, son. But you were like, boom, pretty much right out the gate. You made that happen quick time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did happen quick. And, um, you know, I really, really had really supportive parents um, especially my father, dude, like he, he was on a whole nother level. He gave up half of his garage and he was a mechanic. So for for a man to give up his, you know, mechanic workspace and give his son half of it. And he built me like a soundproof room inside the garage where I could play drums and not make everyone fucking crazy. Um, From that to he, shit, he he built a, a pyrotechnics show set up band in in high school and we were out in the backyard blowing off concussion mortars like filling them with gunpowder and putting the wire uh thing across the two little posts and <laughs> in the backyard and the neighbors must have been like what the fuck is going on over there so i had a really supportive you know, family and especially my dad i think my dad got a kick out of like you know that kind of like i I think i was a just a a a fun project for him or something you know like "Hmm, let's see what we can do
0: here (laughs) yeah man i guess he got to live vicariously through you as rockstar son as well right (laughs) there you go there you go you touched on something there i'd love to ask you about before we say goodbye um like all-time mishaps on stage some of the worst either spinal tap-esque or just life-threatening you know, on stage, absolute disasters where either you're up on the drum riser in the roller coaster, whatever's going on. Do any spring to mind of just like real hairy moments where it could have gone either way for a minute there?
1: Well, there's been several. There's been,
2: spider,
1: <laughs> there's been spinal Tap moments and there's been uh, concussion knocked out, shows over out to the hospital. Um, there's been fucking pyrotechnics, explosions getting burnt. Fuck, pick one. Um,
0: What about the most sort of life-threatening then, where you thought, I could go tonight, this could be my last night on this earth, and I'm going to die on stage?
1: Yeah, then that would be, it was on the Carnival of Sins tour where there was two drum kits on both sides of the uh, arena, and I would fly back and forth and play this one, fly back and forth and play this one, and there's a particular cue that i would hear in my ears because at the crescendo of this one drum thing it was to look like there's a fucking explosion and fucking tommy's gone right well this one night you know i usually hit hear hit a hear a cue in my ear and on 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 a certain cue this, um, oh god, what's it called? This, like, fly rig. Anyway, I'm strapped in with a harness and shit, and it's you know, tugged on the back. So, at a certain point, that cue goes and it yanked in the dark right before the explosion. And then when it blows up, I'm gone, right? Well, the fucking cue didn't happen, and I never felt a tug, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Because I, the, the the entire riser blows up, and I'm I, the only thing I could think of was cover, you know, cover my face because I'm about to take a fucking massive pyroblast to the face. So I, it's, so that's what happened, and I don't think <laughs> I've ever been more scared. I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I just covered my face and. Got fucking second, third degree burns, fucking eyebrows, eyelashes, hair, arms, face. Fuck. It was gnarly. And that sucked.
0: I love there's so many bands throughout the history of these over the top, you know, amazing spectacle bands, whether it's Kiss, You Guys, Ramstein, And these are bands that have genuinely put their lives on the line to entertain people. Like you're out there, you know, this isn't a a magician's trick. This is the real deal. Dude,
1: right. This isn't fucking David Copperfield. (laughs) And we're doing this shit every night and fuck. I hope it goes right every night.
0: (laughs) Um, Tommy, what about the, the best piece of advice? You've ever been given, or the best extension of a hand of friendship from perhaps one of your elders in the music community, either a band that went before you and sort of made all the mistakes that you guys made before you, or, you know, somebody that just sort of reached out at a time when you needed it most. Are there any that spring to mind of people or words or just gestures that, you know, really helped you at a very poignant time in your life when you needed helping or when you needed guidance, perhaps?
1: Yeah. Um geez. I think you know, there hasn't been one person in in particular. Um, you know I, I'm constantly getting a, you know, guidance and advice from somebody much more powerful than all of us, you know, like uh you know so I can't say there's been one person or one thing that's given me any advice where I'm like, duly noted, thank you very much.
0: You're a spiritual guy then is what you're saying. Do you practice spirituality? Is that where you seek and get your guidance and your help and your support and your strength?
1: Yes, sir. It's a, it's a must.
0: <laughs> Tell me about where your spirituality lies then. What's, what's been your school of thought over the last few years in particular or throughout your life, areas of religion or spirituality that you've identified with the most and that have really spoke to you and helped you out?
1: Well, I, you know, it's one of those things that's really personal for me. So I would, I would rather just keep that one little piece of my life private because not much else is. Um,
0: I hear you, brother.
1: But thank you. But thank you for asking. And um, I, I, I do appreciate it.
0: Could you speculate on perhaps your interpretation of the meaning of life? Why why do you think we're here on this crazy ball of water and dirt, trying to make sense of it or if we ever can? I know, man. I had this
1: conversation with my wife the other day too. And it's so overwhelming to figure out or to even possibly begin to figure out why the fuck we're here or how are we here? Or like it's it's overwhelming um, to think that, you know, I mean, if you really, really think about it, we're a fucking, you know, when people get all fucking bugged out about shit and it's like, dude, you realize you are a fucking micro speck of, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Fucking, we're not, here... I always tell people this. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. So fucking enjoy it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because at some point, dude, not even God can stop the clock. Time is fucking, as we speak, is ticking. It's running. And at some point, my friend, this is over.
0: Yeah, death's the only certainty, isn't it? That is Like the only thing we all know to be true, is that our time here is finite and therefore you know i believe that there's a great beyond waiting after this version of life as well but whilst we're in this version as you say man you have got to just live it up and make the most of it haven't you
1: absolutely and I'm, I'm with you on the uh on the uh the the afterlife there's got to be something after this and maybe there isn't maybe it's just fucking darkness and it's it's really really over but it's nice to think that there might be.
0: I want to finish by telling you my favorite song off the album. So I think she does two tracks on there, Pretty and Make It Back. Make It Back is the song that I love the most. And I don't know why, because that doesn't really sit with my usual taste in music, but there's just something about it. Uh, Almost again, like I was saying the guy earlier, was like an X-rated Beck. This lady seems like a more mature adult Billie Eilish. There's a similar sort of slinkiness Especially to that "Make It Back" track, um, King El Noir. I wonder if you could tell me about her and and this song in particular because I absolutely loved it when it came on. It just it took me away, man. It's a beautiful piece of music.
1: Yeah, she she is awesome. Actually, my wife um, is uh, is responsible for that. She's like Tommy. You should check out. Um, you know, check her out. She's has really got a Great voice. I think she's talented. Um, So, anyway, uh, I had been, you know, checking her stuff out and I was like, wow, she is, she's really talented. Uh, She writes uh, songs for other people and she's, you know, kind of doing her own thing also. Uh, Yeah, she has one of those voices, man. It's got, it's got, maybe you're drawn to that kind of it's beautifully haunting but sexy and she's really 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 talented um and she yes she is on two tracks and it's not make it back that's um that's julia from Playa um you're thinking of um uh pretty which is awesome she kills it and uh the other track is uh oh oh my god I just-
0: <laughs> there's so many tracks and so many collaborations what? I know. Um, uh, Make It Back is definitely the song that I love, though. Maybe that's another singer on that one, then.
1: Yes. That you, and yes. Her, it's a different singer. Um, her name is Julia. And um, fuck, a couple of years ago, I heard a, uh, a song. She's, she's in a group called Playa. And right, I heard this right, song. Right. Dude, fuck. I heard this song that, uh, that they did. And I was like, on the list, I need to work with her. Um, just incredible. I, I can't remember the title right now. I'm, I'm terrible with titles, man. Like we're, we're inundated with fucking titles. Everything has a, title, a TV show, a fucking song, a record of fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck titles.
0: I'm the same. I'm an emotion guy. I'll always remember the emotion, the feeling when it comes to detail. I'm like, it's in and out.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, who did the coolest shit ever? was a band called Sigur Of course. Yes. A fucking, I mean, I, I, I do that often. I, I listen to music that just, just fucking, I just go and don't try to analyze or do anything to the music. Just let it play. Um, they had a record where every fucking song was untitled. Thank fuck yeah. they did that. They were like, we uh, we wanted people to, make their own titles how you know how does this song make you feel well fucking i don't know you title it like i I just think that's fucking brilliant man because god we all have enough fucking titles
0: one of the best things i've ever done is drive through iceland listening to Sigur ross and if you've if you're yet to do that tommy next time you're in iceland get a car and just head out into the wilderness with Sigur ross on the the stereo and it's about as good as music and visuals and experience and road tripping gets like it's it's the pinnacle
1: that makes me so happy to hear that that you've done that and that you that you do that man that's really cool that's really really cool because that sounds like something i would fucking do and i i need to do that
0: (laughs) um tommy thank you so much for giving up your time today man and having a chat I really enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully, when the corona thing's done and the world's you know, back in action, maybe one day we can sit down and do one of these face-to-face, because it's always weird. There's always that kind of like, I don't know, you've obviously been doing loads of them. How have you been finding it?
1: Well, you know, that's, I, I tell people this about the fucking coronavirus. That is one, there's a few, but there's, that is one of the fucking the beauties of, you know, something positive that's come out of it is typically, this would be, uh, we would be doing phone interviews, correct? Right? Like, oh, Tommy, you got European phoners today. And, you know, fucking three hours later, you've covered half of Europe. So yeah. this to me, I fucking get excited. I get to see your pretty face. <laughs> and yeah you know and we get to, I, I feel like i'm there it's way better than the fucking telephone the telephone blows um uh so that's cool but in in person even better but this is way better than the phone this is like the this is between the phone
0: and the real deal it's that weird mid-ground isn't it right in the middle there i love it final question for you mate this is what i wanted to really get to at the end. Is um you know, all I've seen on the sort of YouTube comments of this new music is how talented you are and people saying how underrated you are and how much they love what you do and how great you are as a singer and as a songwriter. And do you feel like, you know, your legacy, if you want to call it that, like, do you feel like your talent... Is recognized or does that not really worry you as long as you 're connecting with people? are you happy with with where you 're at because I do feel like you 're one of those guys that's perhaps under underrated in a way obviously everybody knows you as the drummer and the rock star, but do you ever feel like oh man, I wish people knew this side to me more, or are you just stoked to be able to do it and you 're happy that people are loving it and
1: it 's funny that you say that because i don't i don't read uh, i don 't read a uh, typically just read read comments and I was talking to my manager about that he's like dude you should fucking read some of these comments they're fucking they're awesome and then so I was like okay so I, I read a couple and you know and they're wonderful it's super cool um And then then I'll, you know, and that's why I don't read comments, because then I'll read, oh, you should just fucking stick to drums, you fucking asshole. Like, (laughs) what the fuck is this rap bullshit? And I'm like, that's exactly why I don't read comments, because what is this rap bullshit? I'm like, it isn't rap bullshit. I am a white guy who I'm not claiming to be fucking hip-hop rap guy. I'm a fucking drummer everything I do is with rhythm and beats, you know, like that's what, that's my fucking DNA. So I ain't trying to be a fucking rap star, dude. What are you talking? So it,
0: as you can tell, I'm getting fucking wound up. Well, all it takes is one, isn't it? That's the thing. You could have 2000 positive comments. That's yeah. one negative ones. The one that's going to stick with you. Yeah, and then, and then I'm like, see, that's why I don't read this shit <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> over one comment. But yet
1: there's all these other wonderful comments and, uh, you know, I probably. Uh, it, it is nice though. Yeah, it is. It, it's it's really cool, and um, uh, it is nice to read those, and it just confirms that, you know, sometimes, you know, as an artist, you're always, you know, in the back of your mind. I mean, like every artist, you want to be. You want people to fuck. You want people to. You want your work to move people and them to like it, um, and. I feel like, you know, when you do read some of those uh, those comments, it just cements the fact that I really feel like I have a, uh, in my finger on the pulse of what's fucking new and what's cool. Do um, you know what I'm saying? So it's cool that I get that feedback. It's like, okay, I'm right where I'm supposed to be, you know. So, kind of cool
0: congratulations brother on an amazing life um and it ain't over yet good luck with the release of this it comes out in october so i'll put this chat out around the album release and um yeah man i hope to see you in 2021 for some fucking motley crew arena tour action or should i say stadium sorry i don't want to undersell it yeah yeah take that back stadium (laughs) (laughs) my man Fucking have a great day dude and i hope to see you down the road cheers man really enjoyed that
1: you too man i'll see you soon bro
0: cheers tommy Alright buddy. Peace. Bye, man. I've
2: not got time to waste no more. I'm not playing games no more. I've not got time to talk change no more. Can't say the motherfucker's name no more. To you, I'm a thorn in your side. To everybody else, I'm a storm on the rise. Everybody else, I'm a storm on the rise.
1: To
2: everybody else, I'm a storm on the rise. Storm on the right, everybody else on the dom on the right. Everybody else, on the dome on the right, everybody else, on the dome on the right. Everybody else, i the storm on the right side. Hold up.